From across the comic book community multiverse, the Comic-Con podcast begins now with your hosts, Justin, a.k.a. Nemesis Prime. If you give them the title of influencer, then that's that's giving them more power, right? That's how it is. Like, I'm a nobody. Listen, I'm a nobody. Zach, a.k.a. The Manimal. We talked about it for a full, I believe, seven to eight minutes on an hour-long normal podcast for a show. And you would have thought we set their house on fire with the backlash. So, Hey, 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 welcome back to the Comic-Con Podcast Season 3, Episode 9, recording this on March the 2nd of 2023. We have hit March. We are so happy. Uh, of course, you know your host with the most this, this month. Zach, Justin, everybody's here. And of course, this month, of course, we've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks, I'd say. Um, this month is Women's History Month. So like we did last year, we want to bring in some women in the community because there's tons of women out there that have tons of comic book background. A lot of people in the community, you may, you may not know, you may hear them on this week. But uh, let's kind of get right into it. Zach, how's it going this week? Yo, good. I mean, to do March 2nd, honestly, I feel like this is creeping bro I, I we're barely at march already and i love march march might be like my favorite month of the year we've got march madness we got uh spring break st patrick's day it's a religious holiday <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, for you i was waiting for that i was like where are you gonna put these in order <laughs> oh best for last dude st patrick's day outweighs everything like i get really <laughs> pissed with my work because i'm like hey dude this is a religious holiday i need like the day off and they don't give it to me so i just i just don't take it i just don't go to work but I hear you. I love March. I'm glad we're here. Women's Appreciation, or what'd you say? Women's History Month, not Women's mm -hmm. Appreciation Month. Every month is Women's Appreciation Month. I appreciate yes. Nice save. Nice save. Nice save. The wife might be listening later, so I want to make sure I don't get in yeah. trouble. Or, or once we upload it, you may actually, you know, she she's going to check on these episodes going forward. Right. So, um, um, but like we yeah, said, we have hey, a real, guest. Real quick, before we introduce. No, no, go ahead. Actually, introduce because I do got to give a shout out. But go ahead, let's let's do introduction. Actually, all right. So, uh, of course, like we said, we have a, a woman here on the podcast, first time. Um, you may hear her on Nearing Nirvana. You also may know that she is the queen of Lords of the Longbox over there. We have Laura from Bird City Comics. Laura, how are you? Oh, I am excited to be here. I think Anthony's a little bit jealous that I got to take <laughs> over his spot tonight, but I am honored to be a part of this little podcast tonight. Awesome. Well, you're, you're um, we've had Anthony on the show half. before yeah. uh, last year for our <laughs> listeners. We had Anthony Bird City Comics on here uh, the end of last year. So make sure you can go back and check out that episode. Learn, learn all about Anthony and about Bird City Comics. But tonight is all about Laura and being a woman here in the community. Yeah, it's pretty um, intense some of the time, but <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, for the most part, it's all good. For the most part. What's your DMs like? You know, they used to be pretty rough. Uh, yeah. When I first started getting more active on Instagram, we kind of had to shut a few things down early on. Mm -hmm. uh, I think nowadays people know who I'm married to. They know who I'm affiliated with. And so I don't I don't get as much of that. I don't know what you would even call it. But I, for the most part, it's all positive and appropriate. And mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> that's well, good. Sure you yeah. get two things you get like the sexual dms and then you get do you get like flack from like oh you don't know comics or you know like what are you doing in the community do you do, do would you get both of those you know you would think and i think that's one of those um assumptions that are made when you're a female in the industry that you get bullied i've never experienced that on yeah. the contrary i've only had people that reach out and say that they're really impressed with the amount of knowledge that the girls and i bring to the show 
we know our stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not experts by any means, but I don't think anybody really is. And to claim that you know everything in this industry is so uh, ignorant to me. So yeah, I've never had that that problem. I have had some of the sexual DMs and people asking like how happily married I am. And oh wow, <laughs> that is bold. That is very yeah. Bold. That those there's been some fun ones. Um, like oh you're married? Yeah, I am. Are you guys happy? I mean, is it a good marriage? Wow. I've had those. But hey, most points, of those have gone points away. for balls, I guess. On that one, <laughs> very ballsy. So tell us a. Uh, you mentioned right now kind of about, and obviously um, Justin and I have interacted with you on Lords of the Long Box a lot, and um, but Nearing Nirvana and like talk to us about that, the origin of Nearing Nirvana and of the rest of the girls and yeah, kind of give us a lowdown. So Nearing Nirvana was originally streaming off of Tales from the Flipside. Uh, the girls, I, I don't know if you guys know who Dino is, but he reached out to me and he was like, hey, you know, you want, we want to start this all-female show and we'd like for you to head it because i had been hosting mine and anthony's facebook live shows for a while so i was starting to become more of a name people recognize at that point but yeah he reached out and then we found lucy and jen and we formed this little crew we stayed there for a while then we got to the point where we just wanted it to be our own and there was no bad blood we just wanted to start our own thing mm -hmm. so we left and with the support of the guys from that channel we started nearing nirvana just giving a female perspective to a predominantly male industry. I mean, there's no, right. there's no getting around that. That's the truth. So we just wanted to be able to say our piece. And some of the girls on that show, man, they, Jen, for example, she knows more than anybody I have ever come across. And mm -hmm. Lucy always adds her fun little flair and it, it's neat. It's fun to have the girls on. Yeah. When the, you know, obviously, you know, Zach has brought it up. So nearing Nirvana, what was the initial reaction, you know, to everybody on, you know, bringing this all female cast? You know, what do you what do you do? Obviously, for people that don't know the channel, you know, what types of shows do you typically have on YouTube? So we have two that we focus on throughout the week. The first one is called Comic Book Women, and that's on Tuesdays. That show spotlights a different creator, whether it be an artist or a writer. Um or a character. We pick one and then we give you like a list of some of the books. And it's different than like a standard top 10 list because some of it is, it's books that they're books that are affordable. Um, we kind of have a big range. We always like to start with the first. So it's a nice way to kind of zoom in on somebody. Last week we did James Tynion. Uh, the week before that we did Supergirl. So we it kind of varies. So that's mm -hmm. Tuesdays. And then Friday is our flagship show. That's Nearing Nirvana. And that one we kind of, it's like a jumbled mixture of what we cover there. Uh, we are doing, we did Black History Month stuff last month. We bring on guests, we play games. There's always some sort of value though for the viewer if you're into collecting or specking mm -hmm. or selling or whatever. Mm -hmm. Nice. How many, and so is it, uh, Justin and I both, you know, had typically or originated kind of in the YouTube community and obviously moved to the podcast, but how do you like the YouTube? How do you like YouTube over, I guess, Instagram and, and everything else? Instagram is a necessary evil for me. And that's kind of <laughs> how I view it. I feel very vulnerable on Instagram. It's really one of those things where, it feels, 
it feels more dangerous on Instagram. Like people can just type in whatever they want and they can say whatever they want, but on YouTube and you have the live comments going and you can speak mm -hmm. back to anybody. It's not as intimidating. I, I prefer YouTube. I think it's a little bit more real. It's unfiltered, literally unfiltered. So when you go on to YouTube, you're, you're getting real interaction versus Instagram can kind of people are braver when they're behind their keyboards or whatever. So if I had to Very choose, true. I would choose YouTube, but Instagram has been great for marketing and it's helps get the covers that we do out into the, the, the community. And so I'm grateful for that. Definitely. So Laura, kind of talk to us about like your origin of collecting. How did you start out? When did you start out? Why? I guess. Yeah. Well, if you guys watched the, or listened to the episode with Anthony, our son was refusing to read. And so Ant one day just pulled off on the side of the road. He was like seven or eight years old, Adam, and stopped at a comic book store. And we bought him some comic books. And that was what really got Adam to read. He was not mm -hmm. interested otherwise. And uh, eventually we're like, okay, we got to figure out a way to support this hobby. Because it was we were spending hundreds of dollars a week. So <laughs> Ant started selling them on Facebook. And at first, the Facebook response wasn't very strong. And he's like, hey, this, I don't want to sound conceited, but he's like, Laura... I think if I put you on camera, we might get <laughs> more interaction. <laughs> and I was like, okay. It's the truth. It's the truth. And that that's that's honest. I'm being completely transparent. That's what the reasoning was there. And at the time, I didn't know shit about comics. I would come on and just, you know, just chat with the chat. But I learned a lot from them too because they would put up a book and they'd be like, "Lord, do you know what this is?" I'm like, "I have no idea." And so they were constantly teaching me uh, and I started reading on my own and now it's like I wake up thinking about comic books and like the bed thinking about comic books welcome welcome to the world of mm -hmm. it almost can be worse than heroin in a way yeah it's an obsession now it yeah. very quickly escalated to an, an obsession so much. yeah uh we all know that <laughs> we've been doing this drug for a very long time as we always say so <laughs> yeah yeah Grown man with boxes of comics in his house is always somewhat uh, hard to explain to the non-believer, I guess. I can't get enough of it either. Like, I have so many and I just keep buying and buying and... Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and Ant told us that you guys, he has, I guess the benefit you guys have is a little bit of like a warehouse type situation, right? So you got some storage availability <laughs> there as well. Some storage is an underst understatement. We have a huge warehouse and then we just, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but oh well. We just invested in a brick and mortar. It's 4,000 square feet over in Glendale, Arizona. It won't be up and running for months because it's a work in progress. But awesome. that's also filled with comic books just to kind of give an image. <laughs> oh my God. You, just there. You guys are out in surprise though, right? We are. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Man, I, I, I got to come out there sometimes. I'm so close. I'll have to come out there. and. Why? And Why do you want to do surprise Arizona? We have like a Costco. It's like the highlight. Well, the Royals have their spring training in surprise. That's so I've actually gone oh, there okay. to watch them before, but I'm talking more like Phoenix. I mean, maybe come to Phoenix and you guys can come to Phoenix as well. Yeah, we, we have nothing. <laughs> There's nothing around here. It's it is frustrating during spring training that the Royals play all the way out in surprise. There's all the fun <laughs> stuff's in like Scottsdale and Phoenix area. Yeah, Scottsdale, I get wanting to go and yeah. visit, but I don't hear people go, oh, I want to go to surprise Arizona. Right, for sure. But Man, hey, it's not too bad. The West Coast is totally different than the East Coast. If if someone ever said, I would never say don't come here because, you know, New Jersey's so small. I could have you in New York in an hour. I can have you in Philly in an hour. Like it's just so. But there's so much around in New Jersey. You guys live in both like places that's just like there's nothing to do. 
Dude, what's not that there's nothing to do? It there's sounds nothing. like there's nothing to do. Like uh, the closest definitely. big city is like four hours away. Yeah. With samples on Saturdays. Yeah, dude. Jeez. So Makes fancy sense. out there in Jersey. Yeah. Well, not, it's not fancy. It's where you yeah. can't pump your own gas. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. It's but. weird. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Laura, obviously, you know, you know, uh, you and Anthony kind of had the same similar, you know, startup. Obviously, you've been collecting now comics for a while and reading them. You know, what is some of the books that you've really enjoyed reading over the past couple of years as you've grown into this hobby? When I first started, it was mostly indie because I found DC and Marvel were very intimidating because you don't know where to jump in. There's so many different storylines and mm -hmm. there's so many different crossovers and it's hard to keep track. Uh, but then Anthony had me read. The White Knight, which I really enjoyed. I think that the way that uh, the Joker's written there is phenomenal. And I read Harleen, same deal, really mm -hmm. well written. Then I got into Swamp Thing recently. So now I'm like in this Alan Moore rabbit hole, just trying oh, to wow. read everything I can. I get that he's warty, but I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm drawn to writers that get a little bit warty. Um, yeah, so kind of a little bit of everything. I collect a, a little bit of everything. I still have a bunch of silver that I'm hoarding. I won't let Anthony touch any of that. And we just got a collection yesterday, and it was filled with hip-hop variants. So I'm excited about that, too. But yeah, kind of a little bit of everything now. So now, now that you've kind of, like, been reading more, have you, besides Swamp Thing, have you dived into... Some of the more, you know, because you're not wrong about like Marvel and DC, especially, I mean, especially DC, obviously golden age books are so, I mean, Batman lore is so old, right? So have you tackled any of those larger titles, like the, the mainstays and tried to get into any of the back stuff there? I haven't really. I mean, to be honest, I kind of, I dabble with some of the stuff that's off canon. I attempted Star Wars, attempted. <laughs> and again, I just found that to be a little bit, too much at the time so now i'm like really into reading just small indie runs i'll do some mini series if i don't feel like i'll get sidetracked because that's another yeah. problem that i'm having recently is i start reading one thing and then i pick up something else and i forget where i left in the other one and i need to learn to focus a little bit more but why do you have one you would recommend oh man god god i don't know only one though zach one <laughs> x-men every single x-men title ever <laughs> <laughs> i don't know well, where, uh, do I, where do i start with that you know what i mean that's a perfect example i would have no idea where to dive in so i've been a, i was on a big um ghostwriter kick this past year and i got all like the silver age like um johnny blaze stuff or i mean sorry like bronze bronze age right bronze age yeah, bronze bronze. Age, uh, like johnny blaze stuff and then which was like 85 issues or something 89 issues and then the 90s stuff, the Danny Ketch, which was a little, was obviously less. And that was kind of fun. I'm actually, you know what I just started reading today? This might part of my, uh, what we're currently reading. But since we're kind of talking about this is for some reason I had a kick to read the new warriors again from back in the nineties. So I kind of, sometimes I like to revisit like those old stories that are done, you know, like something like new warriors one through 75 and kind of burn through those. Um, but man, I don't know. What about Sandman? Have you read Sandman? Wordy, yeah, that's a tough read. It's a tough read. Um, yeah. I'm not. It's not really my. I, I've read some of um, Gaiman. Gaiman. Um, he's like novels, and I'm not crazy about his writing style. It's not really for me. Um, 
but it's good. I mean, I read a couple issues and I, it was good, but I kind of got disinterested with it. So. Okay. okay. And you're into the horror stuff, right? Me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're a big guy. I, I know, you know, when you guys are, when you're on Shakers uh, <clears throat> and even on your own trigger, you know, and even on Instagram, I've seen you post some stuff. So, how did that? Obviously, obviously that was before the Swamp Thing stuff. So yeah, that was way before. Some of the first books we did, like exclusive books, were horror books. We did. Um, you read Ice Cream Man. I mean, that one's not like super horror, but that was one of the ones I enjoyed. I like, I like reading stories where I can't predict what's going to happen. And again, this is going to sound really cocky, but a lot of the times I know what's going to happen after issue one, and I completely just like, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I can tell where the writing's heading. Mm-hmm. Uh, but horror books have Lucy got me really into them too. Um, when her and I first started talking, that's what she collected predominantly. And so she's like, Laura, start, start reading horror. And I am blanking on the name. Uh, who wrote Steve Niles? Steve, uh, 30 days and 30 nights, the vampire. Oh yes. yeah. 30 days, 30 nights. Yeah. We had cool. him on our show a while back, like a long time ago. And that was one of the first horror titles that I got into because we had him on and he was so interesting to speak with the way his mind worked was just fascinating to me. I think all horror writers have to have a little bit something <laughs> wrong with them, but in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen King's gotta be one of the weirdest human beings like who has ever existed. Probably like it's yeah. probably painful to have a convert, like a normal conversation with him. but he's like my favorite writer of all time. Ugh, yeah that, that's a good example too and then james tiny and same thing i'm curious what he's like to have a beer with yeah i was just gonna th- i was just gonna say that you got something's killing children nice house on the lake um what's the new one neighbors what's the other one that's coming out zach I oh know you were talking yeah, about last week's pre-order yeah yeah oh uh world tree a uh, world, world tree yeah world tree yeah we're doing so. a title for that one and he wrote uh the eighth seal was his first published work and that one's that one's rough. You have like this woman that's ripping the heads off kids and stuff. And <laughs> wow. It's pretty I don't even know that. So you um, learned something new. Eighth well, so, okay. So Justin and I got a recommendation for you. If you haven't okay. read it already. And it was my pick for uh, best series of the year. And Justin introduced it to me. And honestly, I, I, I already pre-ordered the, like the trade paperback was do a power bomb. Oh, I, yeah, I read issue one. We again, oh. we did we did a cover for that one. I've encountered okay. our do a power bomb cover. That's a did fun you one. give up on it because you knew how where it was going to go, or you just didn't? No, it's it. not. I actually I enjoyed issue one. I just again, we have so much coming through here all the yeah. time that unless it's like something great, I I kind of move on to the next one. Oh man, you got you got to go back. Seven issues, yeah. power through it. It's an amazing story. I can't I'll wait for the for uh, trade paperback. Actually, okay, okay. I'm just taking a look at the uh, the Ivan Tao one that you guys did. I didn't realize you guys did uh, an exclusive for that. Kind of fell under mm-hmm. the radar. I think it's a great it's a great series. I, I'm you know I, I was a, a wrestling fan growing up, and then I got out of it. But yeah, it, it just showed up out of nowhere. I said, you know, let me read this. And for seven issues, it was it was very interesting to read. And you yeah. know, it's something that's you know, not horror, not superheroes. It's a completely different take on, on a comic book. So wrestling and necromancy. Yeah. I would have thought those two would have <laughs> gone well together. I remember when you first, when you first uh, gave the synopsis, I was like, yeah, okay, Justin, I'll, I'll, ch- I'll check it out. And then I did. And I was like, wow, this is actually really good. <laughs> so of course, speaking of bird city comics um, and you, you know, you've done a lot of exclusives and, you know, again, we've had Anthony here on, so you could, you know, kind of uh, listen to Anthony's talk on, on Bird City. But 
being a new collector here, newer collector here in the community, are you more of an artist or a writer? Like when it comes to comic books, you know, do you like more of the art side? Do you more like the writing side? So most people that watch Nearing Nirvana will probably already know this, but I was an art teacher for several years. Um, so definitely what drew me into this whole thing was art. In fact, it was uh, Art Germ was one of my first, like, I was like, oh, this is an amazing artist. I've kind of evolved past him nowadays. Mm -hmm. I don't collect him as much, but Art Germ was one of my favorites. He did this Catwoman 42, I believe. Uh, it's just like a headshot of her with like lace. And I thought it was stunning. Uh, and then I started collecting Jenny Frizen. Mm -hmm. shortly after that got really into her wonder woman run i think she's phenomenal and i like that you can see so much of her style has been derived from mm -hmm. the art nouveau period um alfonso muha specifically you can see when you compare those two artists how similar they are and i think that's incredible that you have an art style that could survive centuries and is still being used and sold today mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I my answer to that is a very, very solid I'm into the art. I love the I love the covers. And so that's when Anthony started doing exclusives. He slowly handed that responsibility off to me. He gives me a concept. Um, and then I try to find an artist that I think can take that concept and amplify it because with exclusives, there's so much competition. You either have to be first or you have to do it the best. Those are like mm -hmm. our two options. Be first with a concept or do something that's been done already or an original piece, but do it better, which can be challenging. Agreed. I'm looking at the the World Tree Frizzon uh, cover, and it's awesome. It's fantastic. It's, yeah. it's so cool. She's got like, um, have you ever heard of the the South African band DeAntward? No. She looks like the lead singer there in that, that or that, <clears throat> that cover. Yeah, she kind of has like a buzz cut going. We yeah. got a new artist. Her name is um, Anna Marcano on ours. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's a badass one too. That's got like a. What am I thinking of on that one? It's almost got a joke. There's like a Joker book that it's reminding me of. Um, the coloring that green yeah. hue. Yeah, I. I when she showed me the finished product, I was like, "This is so damn good." Yeah, it's really it was, good. It was really well done. Yeah, I I got put onto Anna from. I don't know if you know them, uh, Mad Love Comics and Art on Instagram. Yes, so she did does, as a Tata cover. Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, I talk frequently with them, and they they've been you know putting out. They're kind of just like portfolios. They're not comics. It's just kind of a, um, you know, it's the cover, and then on the interiors is is actual like photos that that artist has drawn. So. Yeah, they've done the Zatanna with Anna, and I think one other one. But they've a couple other artists have uh, they've recently done. I know they just put out a Spider Gwen with some, and they're like no name artists that people like should recognize. And now, you know, I just saw when you guys were doing the World Tree, I was like, oh my god, I I know Anna. That's that's awesome. Well, I think I don't know. We we start collecting, and these what some artists just get so big, and you collect, you collect, and that, that's a big thing with me. I, if I'm finding a new artist, I want somebody that's distinctive, somebody that you want, you see their stuff on the wall and you're like, Oh, I know who that is. I want to mm -hmm. collect them. Um, and some artists don't have that, but there's also, like you were saying, there's so much talent out there that's completely untapped. And I, I kind of consider it a challenge to go out and try to find somebody that is just not well heard of yet. Spoiler. We got Anna on her first Vampirella book, but it won't be out for months. But she's really excited about it. How do you hunt for artists? Are you looking at like 
Yeah. I mean, I don't even have an example, but like, yeah, how, how do you, how do you hunt for, like what you said, you're, you're trying to find someone new. You're trying to find someone untapped. Where are you looking for them? Instagram comes in handy for that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, again, that's another place that I, I have to give them props to Instagram because I do find a lot of artists and a lot of artists find me. I have people that message me asking to send their portfolios over and some of them are wow. really well really well done a few of them i'm like oh god like that that's an awkward conversation to have to be like you are just not good <laughs> there's um, people that send me stuff and it's just it, it sounds horrible well because you don't want to offend the person course, put yeah, time into course, this, yeah. but like some yeah. stuff is just really just not what we're looking for so i have to kind of like pivot away from it but instagram's great art station's great i I'll always tell people like um to send me recommendations if they have any that they particularly like and i've used a couple of artists that have been suggested to me um mr long short from long story short yep. ben he sent me brooks kim which i ended up using and yeah so i take recommendations and i take as much as i can from the community and try to feel like what people are wanting to see more of and then find somebody that matches it's so weird like before instagram and i still i still have an account but i can't remember the last time i logged in was uh, DeviantArt. Have you ever used yeah, that website? Yeah, that's where Ariel Diaz started, right? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them. Um, I used to follow a lot of artists through there because it was like there was their Facebook page. And then, you know, you'd see them at shows. And Instagram really wasn't a place to be posting all your, you know, your art. It was really just for you know, food and travel and stuff like that. And then uh, so I use DeviantArt so much. And I would post like sketches that I got and people would tag me and they would say, oh, check out this artist. And that's how you found a lot of things. And you said, yeah, that's how Ariel started. And, and she's phenomenal. I love her art. Yeah, she's done a couple pieces for us. And she's, yeah, she's really good. Who's your favorite artist? There's such a tough question. It um, is tough. Huh? It's, it's no, and, and people that listen to the podcast, they know I'm, I'm an art, I'm the art guy. Zach's the, the writing on books. So, you know, if, I mean, if I look around my room, I got, you know, Alex Gardner stuff. I have an Ariel, I have two Ariel Diaz sketches. Um, Adam Hughes, Middleton. Yeah, Adam Hughes is in there, Art Germ's in there. Um, Jeff DeCall's becoming there. a new favorite. There's just, I mean, well, Campbell, Campbell, oh, you know, I always go back to Campbell because I have so much from him, like, signed. Um, but, okay. you know, like, it, it's tough because there's there's cover artists and then there's interior artists. Right. You know, there's a lot of people that only do covers. Um, so, you know, it's rough. Because it's like, I love, like, I love Dan Morrow right now. Like, his interiors are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Uh, his great. covers are great, too. John Boy Myers is a, is a great person who does covers. So. Yeah, we worked with him, too. He's a cool guy. He's a really cool yeah, guy. Yeah, John Boy's great. You know, for, I, I don't, I'm not, like, always into the art by any means. Like, as long as the story's good, I can kind of even get past art. But there are, like, a few artists for me that have always kind of stood out. And it's funny because we're going to actually talk about uh, two of them today. Funny enough, uh, like they're kind of strange and I don't want to call it strange, but a little, I don't even know if I, I don't want to be offensive when I say like, like off artists in a way, but like, I love Joe mad stuff. I love his style. It's kind of, it's different. It's, I don't know if cartoony is the right word, but I, I love his stuff. I love Perfect for uh, animation. Yeah. And I also love Chris Pachalo. Um, I remember seeing his and the first time I ever like really got into his art and the first time it like hit me was uh generation next part of like the age of apocalypse x-men stuff and then after that like he's got his own style which i i don't i don't sometimes it hits or i mean sometimes it doesn't hit but for the most part i really love his artwork um 
but it's different. It's not like, you know, normal artwork, I guess. No, he does a great job, but he has a really, he has a nice talent for using light. Um, he had a cover. I don't remember the title of it though, but uh, she's like, oh man, I have to look it up. She's on like the moon and the lights coming off of her back. Uh, Phoenix song, I think. Oh, I'll, I'll look it up while we're, while oh, we're talking. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. Chris is fantastic. And Joe in, to kind of pull off of what you were saying, I think that his art is simple, but in a good way. Like not, art doesn't have to always be like this really complicated thing. Like he keeps it very, um, very, I don't want to say basic. That sounds bad too. I know. What's I, my word <laughs> I don't want to call him simple and basic. Cause that makes me sound like an asshole. I know, but it's, but it's the truth. It's, it's appealing. It's nothing. It's not like, like obviously Alex Ross is kind of like, wow. You know what I mean? It's like very yeah, yeah. artsy art. Realistic. Yeah. And then, but like Joe Matt is just, I don't know. It has that video game it's animation. For basic, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I guess He's that makes awesome. sense. It has the video game aspect yeah. to it. So since we're talking about Joe Matt, let's kind of get into some of our articles tonight. Um, and then we're de we definitely want to just talk about some variants that uh, you guys are putting out. So um, over at imagecomics.com, this is just posted the other day. Best-selling phenomenon Battle Chasers celebrates their 25th anniversary and returns for a new story arc in June. So um, as we've been saying, Joe Mad, who created Battle Chasers way, way back in the day, 1998 was the first mm -hmm. issue. And it's crazy because it took four years for a total of nine issues to come out with all the delays <laughs> that they had over at uh, Cliffhanger, the Cliffhanger label. So uh, Joe Mad, and it's coming back in June. This saw the, the resurgence kind of saw because I think in like 2018 or 2019, they had the anthology trade paperback. Um, it's only, again, it's only nine issues, but we're finally getting issue 10, which is really awesome to continue the storyline um, and to give anybody an idea of what Battle Chasers is. It's kind of like a, I would call it a Lord of the Rings type of like, action series there's a cat there's five characters there's um there's like a swordsman guy there's i try to think it's gully which i think gully carson i can't think of all their names uh there's who's the little girl is gully there's a, a golem looking character there's the wizard and then you have like a bounty hunter so you have all different types of characters in like that fantasy world and again joe mad's stuff is pretty amazing and like i said with that coming out we're going to be seeing issue 10 uh, a lot of Varying covers are going to be coming out, including from J. Scott Campbell, Humberto Ramos, Chris Pachala, who we recently just talked about, Scotty Young, and Marika Andolfo. So um, what are your thoughts on an upcoming continuation of Battle Chasers there, Zach? Look, I, we kind of talked about this offline. I, I never uh, I never read Battle Chasers, but I definitely – I'm already planning on going back and, and reading them now. Like, cause It sounds like something up my alley. It sounds like something I would like. I know um, our good friend Gabe from Gable of 90s Comics loves Battle Chasers and always talking to me about Battle Chasers. So, um, and I like Gabe's taste in general. So I definitely will check that out for sure. Definitely. And like it's it's had its video games. It's been on, um, they did a Kickstarter as well uh, a couple of years ago. And it's just, it's amazing to see Joe Mad's art. So um, with it says that it is a new story arc with, uh, the comic book sensation Luby and the new story arc is titled Mir uh, Martial Law. Readers are introduced to the bloody tale of the retired swordsman Garson and, of course, the rest of the characters in the Martial Paladin. So um, what do you think about this, Laura? You know, you think this is something that, you know, you want to go back and read, check out since we've introduced it I to you? I have read this. 
I'll, oh. I'll send it to you back if you don't have them. I have read this. I totally understand. Like I had to refresh a little bit, but what's interesting, like what you were saying, this series was notoriously known for having these huge gaps in between issues. I think between issue six and seven was over a year, but that was pretty common during the nineties. I mean, when you look at what was going on and I, I think initially it was meant to go on up to like 30 or 40 issues, but I mean, it was the nineties and comics, the late nineties. So there was probably some funding issues there, <laughs> but issue nine ends on a cliffhanger. So I think issue 10 is going to be pretty, I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty fun. I'm hoping they allow us to do an exclusive for this one. Cause I would, I would get a kick out of it. And the fact that Zach chose him as one of his favorite artists is a testament to this guy's talent that even after all this time, he still has this pocket of people that will yeah. follow him and buy mm -hmm. whatever he puts out, even though he's been off doing video games instead. Yeah. I mean, Darksiders, I fell down the Darksiders hole, like not sometime last not year where I was playing that. all those. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of cr Crimson by him that he wrote. Uh, was really good. Um, what else, man? Crimson went on for a while, though. That one. Yeah. He's done like Uncanny X-Men as well. Like He's done some Uncanny for yeah. sure, yeah. He, he wrote, when I think about his artwork, I can picture the feral Wolverine when he had like the bone claws and the bandana. He was like drawn a lot of that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely am excited for this. Um, it definitely has that anime feel to it. And they did have, I remember, I think Battle Chasers was on like a cover price top 10 at one point. And you, know, you could go out and find these in your back issues. So um, I, I hopefully if you guys, uh, you and, you know, Anthony get a chance to do a, a variant for this, for sure. Like there's some, some great yeah, things because okay. of it being a anime video game type of video-esque I'm sure you guys can create kind of great concept on this. So um, good luck and hopefully we'll get it. So who's the publisher uh, for this, for that? So I, image, because it's always okay. been through. Yeah. Cause I, it was like through wild storms image imprint, but it was okay. something yeah. it was like through um, the cliffhanger imprint was the original. Yeah. So it was different. But gotcha. uh, speaking with or sticking with comic book stuff, um, Zach, we got a DC article getting to that. Yeah, so a uh, new crossover, part of the uh, Donna DC initiative, DC Universe will experience a living nightmare in a new crossover event titled Night of Terrors. Night spelled like the Dark Knight. Um, this summer, DC Universe will experience a living nightmare in a new crossover event titled Night Terrors, which will force the heroes and villains to confront their worst nightmares. Horror-themed event is part of the publisher's overarching Dawn of DC initiative, it will kick off this May with Dawn of DC Night Terrors Free Comic Book Day Special Edition with art by none other than Chris Pachalo, who's returning to the publisher after nearly 20 years. So um, it's going to be written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Howard Porter and Gilliam March. Begins with or when Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman find the body of one of the Justice League's earliest villains in the Hall of Justice. Investigating the body, they are whisked away on a journey that will take them to the land of the dead into a world of nightmares and their only salvation may be dead man. So like, I'm already sold here, man. I mean, yeah, like Machalo <laughs> and I, I love dead man. There's something about dead man that I've just always loved as a character. Yeah. Um, there was this mini series. I think it was like a six issue mini series, probably back in the nineties. Um, and each issue dead man was in the body of like a different main justice league character. And that was like my first time I ever read anything with, with dead man. And I don't know what it was about it. I honestly, I can't even remember the storyline, but I remember being like, damn, this is a cool character. Like I really, really like this guy. 
And just because of that one series that I still to this day can't even really tell you much about, I just <laughs> remember the feeling of liking him so much. Um, I'm, I'm always, anytime Dead Man's in a book, like I'm pretty much in. So. God, yeah. that was beautiful. You don't remember the story, but you remember the feeling. Dude, I'm so telling funny. you. Now I got to fucking find this series. Crap. So it's starting off. I like how they're doing a free comic book day. And we really don't talk too much about uh, DC, right? We don't talk too much about their their events. They haven't real other. Obviously, right now they're doing that Lazarus planet. But, you know, with this one, I think this is really interesting because a lot of the characters, uh, you know, obviously not visual show, but on the covers, you have Zatanna, you have yeah. Deadman, like you said. So, again, the magic users putting them in place, that's, you know, one of my favorite things because Justice League Dark is has always been a, a great title yeah. for me. You know, the New 52 run and then the Rebirth run as well. So uh, I'm super excited to see this moving forward, especially with the, the other little tie-ins that they're going to do. Some of the variants just look wild um, in this article. So you can go over and check it out on DC Comics. Uh, this article is coming from Screen Rant. Um, Laura, what are your thoughts on this one? I, I don't know if they're trying to build the hype up too soon because we're talking like July, right? When yeah. these come out. So we have a bit of a wait and I already told you guys my attention spans pretty <laughs> pretty small here. So I, I am excited. I wish they would have dropped this news a little bit closer to the actual event. Uh, Joshua Williamson was in charge of the main event for Dark Crisis, which I did read that one and or that series. And I'm a little bit hesitant to see what he does well, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll put it that way. Uh, but yeah, the variants look great. Matina did one of them that I saw, and it looks pretty badass. So yeah, I, I think I think it'll be an exciting thing. I'm normally I'm not too sold on crossovers. I kind of find them cheesy. But if this is done right, and if you know each issue is a different superhero fight, fighting their their villain, then it has potential. Mm. Yeah, they talk about in the article that there's going to be other tie-ins in July and August with, you know, other characters. They haven't said who or or what titles are going right. to have the crossovers. But, you know, obviously you can think about different characters that have had, you know, crazy stuff happen to them in their past that their fears are coming back to them. So, and DC really doesn't do this. I, I love that they're doing a horror event. You know, we've had yeah. like the Dark Knights of Steel. We've had the Dark Knight Metal, Dark Knights Metal, but... When does really de and, and the, the most recent one, like you said, Dark Crisis, but like this is a is a real horror event. So they're really leaning more towards the magic users and that world of horror, which we all know and love that DC can do. Justin, who do you think, if you had to take a guess, who is the villain, the Justice League from the early Justice League villain that they're going to find dead? Who do you think? I was wondering that too. Yeah, let's see what you had to say. Yeah, I. You're a big DC dude. There, it's probably going to be someone like, oh god. There, there is a couple of magic. There's like Felix Faust, like he's super yeah. old. Like I was thinking of that, and then there's another guy who's he kind of has like a skull face, but I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Phosphorus. No, because he's more of a Batman villain. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, definitely Felix Faust because he's part magic, and I could see him with the horror side. Obviously, when you're bringing in all these, you know, magic users, so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm excited for it. Again, it's, you know, now that not only the, the DC vs. Vampires is, is done, the Dark Crisis is done, you know, we do need something new to other than, you know, what they're currently doing. Obviously, the Dawn of DC just started. We talked about Superman last week. So 
you know, give us an event. So the summer is already ready for their first event in this Dawna DC era. So that, that dead man run I was talking about, it's, it's dead man dead again, one through five issue miniseries that I found it. Now I'm going to have to find it again and reread it. I remember oh, really, really enjoyed it. I was talking about earlier was called Phoenix Song Echo, if you want to look it up. Oh, oh I remember that series. Yeah, yeah, I have I have a bunch of the variants for that. Which one was it? She's like on the moon and you can see the flames coming off of her back and the lighting is just stunning. So Phoenix Song Echo, this is issue three. Yeah, that's actually pretty recent. That I think that just came out mm-hmm. not too long ago. Oh, the new Here series, yeah, because wasn't there a Phoenix Song Echo or no Phoenix Song? I'm thinking of that had like uh, there was a lot of yeah, the Phoenix Song was. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I'm seeing which one you're talking about. That is a cool cover. It is beautiful. I ordered a couple of them after we talked about him a little bit on one of the shows, and it was rough because every single one I got had just spine ticks because of that black cover. But I yeah. um, what was the one I have? A variant of Phoenix Song Echo One, which is uh, you're like you said, you're a big art person. Um, and this is like a famous art. What is it? The Kiss or something? It's um. Oh, Gustav Clint. Yeah, yeah. I, got that, I got that cover. I got it slabbed. It's a beautiful. Oh, I remember you sent that in. Yeah, yeah. That is beautiful. That's that's a nice one. That's a good pickup. Yeah. Did you ever read um the Dead Man series from like twenty? 20- 17, 2018. I think Neil Adams did it because obviously he created Dead Man. Did you ever mm-hmm. read that series, Zach? I, I think part, I'm looking at when I was looking here, I saw it and it looked familiar, but I don't remember it. You're talking that about that was a good uh, series. The no, it's like one through six, I think. Yeah, it's a mini yeah. series. Um, yeah, with the glow in the dark cover. Yes, I, I did read this one. I'm, I'm almost positive. Yeah, that's a good, uh, quick mini series on Dead Man. And again, he doesn't get too much love. You only really get to see him in uh, the Justice League Dark Team. So. Yeah. All right, so let's move on out of the comic book world and get into our TV and movie section. Zach, we were just so, talking about this guy last week. Yeah. Follow up. We did. We were talking about Steven Yoon um, supposedly joining the Marvel Universe, and multiple sources are now report- reporting that Steven Yoon will portray the Sentry in the upcoming MCU film Thunderbolt. So, We've been hearing for a while the rumors that the Sentry might make an appearance in the Thunderbolts, and then we heard that Steven Yeun might be cast in the Thunderbolts, or will be in the Thunderbolts as well. And so now it looks like maybe it's edging closer to the fact that that might be who he is. I don't think we have a for sure confirmation yet on this, but um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm not I'm not against it, but he's he's kind of small. Like it doesn't fit at all. Yeah. Like when I when I was looking at that casting, I'm like, wait, what? Why? Like, how, I don't I don't see that working. And maybe I'm just being super cynical, but like it just doesn't make sense to me. What that casting? And look, I'm not trying to be. I don't give a shit about like a, a race swap or anything here. But like, I'm looking at a picture, and I'm looking, and I love Steven. I think he's an amazing actor. And I'm I'm sitting here looking at a picture of him in the century. First off, you're talking about like a six three six four, blonde ripped dude. And then Steven Yoon, who's probably not six feet yeah. tall and not ripped or anything, not trying to body shame by any means, by any mm. means. It's just, this is, this guy needs to, I hope, I hope he's eating like nine chicken breasts a day right now, getting ready for your fucking roll. So he's not like, it's not like Shazam. It's not like he could say something and <laughs> yeah. then he like changes. And then there's like another actor who's going to play century. Right. Like, it's not like that. There's no, you know, magic word. Uh, yeah. It's very odd. Cause casting. we were just talking yeah. about this. 
literally zach you and i were just talking about this last week like who could he be and this dude, was nowhere near where we amadeus were cho is the way to go i think like that would have made more sense this this is just this is odd to me and i don't i don't know maybe we're all just gonna be eating our words here when this comes out yeah. and maybe he'll do a great job at it but from what i've been like if you guys you watched the walking dead yeah mm-hmm. okay. yeah i i don't see it i don't see how that moves over into this role so in this article it goes on to say that uh another scooper had heard rumors that either Ryan Gosling or Alexander Skarsgård were going to be playing that role, which either one of those guys makes way more sense to me. Especially Ryan Alexander. Gosling, though, really? Uh, He's a little short, right? Uh, but Skarsgård's a massive dude. Like that one, make yeah, I could mm-hmm. go with that. But Gosling, no, no, He's I'm still, I'm still holding out hope. Gosling for uh, Johnny Blaze. That's what I want to see. That could work. I want to see some Johnny Blaze action with him, but um. I don't know. I don't know about this Steven Yoon thing. I don't, I don't really even know. Let's see. Where's this really coming from? Um, another I mean, scooper, multiple, multiple scooper. Yeah. yeah. Multiple sources, multiple scoopers. But, you know, it's, I get the idea of bringing Century in there because, again, it's the Thunderbolt. So it's similar to the Suicide Squad. So they have to have some like threat, right? Alpha. Yeah. Alpha yeah. level threat. Right. So you have all these characters to fight someone like Sentry because he is like a unstable Superman, as the article states. But do I re- again, I just I really don't see him being this character. But again, you know, we've seen crazy body changes in, in actors, right? In actors right. and actresses. So, yeah, but you don't get taller. That's one thing yeah, you don't I get ever that, get. But... Um, look, I'm going to tell you what. First off, if the cast that they have as the characters for the Thunderbolts they have no shot in in ever going up against the century. The century literally tore through the Marvel universe. Like you're telling me all these non-powered Disney that cast of Thunderbolts doesn't, didn't we already go through this? None of them even have any superpowers. Yeah. I mean, the, unless you keep ghost, unless but... you keep ghost and there's rumors she's leaving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry, Bucky and Hawkeye. Like, I think you're <laughs> Black Widow, I think you're fucked here on that end. Right? He's supposed to be like a god. He's unstoppable. Yeah. Good luck, Red Guardian. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see this working out for you. I I guess the closest would be John Walker, right? Because he's got the super serum. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He might be able to stand up like for a little bit. Um, And Bucky, too, I guess, because a little bit of. Yeah. Yeah. But I I don't know, man. I don't know. Again, follow up report from last week. Uh, We'll probably be talking about it in a couple months when he officially gets announced as some character in the MCU. So uh, oh, stick no, close to us on that. I don't think we're right or wrong here. I mean, time will tell. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's get into what are we currently reading? So of course, how we end all of our shows with what are we currently reading? Since it's a little early, we don't have any uh, pre-orders up for this month. Uh, pre-ordering would be for March coming out in May. So let's kind of get into uh, some of our stuff for what are we currently reading? Zach, start with you. Oh man, um, what did I like this week? Like I said, I, I'm starting to read the New Warriors, which is kind of fun. By no means is it amazing writing, oh, it's but stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's nineties. Fabian Nicesia. I don't know how to pronounce his name, um, but it's great. Uh, what did I like this week, dude? Uh, the Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider number twelve. I'm really liking Ghost Rider. This run of Ghost Rider. Um, mm-hmm. I love the introduction of. Uh, oh man forgot her name the the kind of like magic user it's like um dark oh, like the, 
the caretaker the, chick. Yeah, but she's not caretaker. She's yeah. she's like gothic and. In this past issue, they um, you're seeing probably a reintroduction of Danny Ketch showing back up. Uh, Otalia Warroad, that's her name. And uh, I'm really liking the dynamic between her and Johnny Blaze. Um, Hidden Empire was great. Hidden Empire number four was really good. Like Honestly, this might be the best little mini-series that, um, like, event that the Star Wars Marvel has done in this phase for sure. And what do you think, Justin? Is it, is it because it's spaced out? I kind of feel like it's because it's spaced out, right? It's not like every month. It's almost like they're not coming out every month, right? Well, I th- they are coming out every month, but I think it's because there's no tie-ins with the other titles. Like, I yeah, think it's maybe that's it the fact that it's completely separate. You know, yeah. when we had like War of the Bounty Hunters and then we had Crimson Rain, like everything had to fall in place and you almost feel like you had to read those titles right. to figure out what's going on. It's a little with this, standalone. it's straight up. It's, it's just Crimson Dawn. It's the Empire. They're fighting each other. There's something going on. They're looking for something. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, honorable mention, Rogue and Gambit, number one, was pretty good, pretty decent. And uh, yeah, nothing too outstanding this week. Okay. Um, Laura, are you currently reading anything that uh, the people should know about? Any new titles or any old titles that maybe should uh, be on people's radars? Yeah, there's a couple. The first one, and I just did a, a review on this actually, was Blue Book, again, by James Tenney in the fourth. He just came out with that, and the artist is Michael Avon Oming. So that's based on real-life events. So if you guys have ever seen the show Project Blue Book, it has Aiden Gillen in it, the guy from Game of Thrones, Littlefinger. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. I know what show you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's based on when the United States Air Force actually hired this team to kind of go and investigate all these. I don't know. How would you uh, experience it? It's something yeah, isn't similar to like the Department of Truth, right? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, way, it's, like it's, it's more focused on this one specific realm of conspiracy. Okay. So I binged the show that came out in 2019. I think you can still watch it on Amazon Prime. And then as soon as the book came through, Ant's like, Laura, you're going to like this one. And I read it, and it's really, really well done. They focus on the hills. That's this first couple in the 60s that they're driving home, and they come across like this shape that comes across the moon. And I love alien stories. I think they're so neat. And it's not one of those things where you're like, okay, this is just some crazy people. James does a really good job of – building credibility of the characters by giving you some background information as to who they are and where they used to work. This is pretty new. So I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but you believe what you're reading. You believe that this actually did happen to these people. And the art is done very in a very clever palette because you have white, black, and blue on the interiors. So it's very simple, but it creates that feeling that they're trying to get that. um, I don't know. I, that threatening feeling, I guess mm-hmm. would be, but anyway, that one's really good. I highly recommend picking that up if you haven't already. I, I didn't buy the variant. I just went with cover A. And it does say foil on it, but it's just the title that's in foil. The rest of it's just cardstock. Um, that would be my favorite for this week. And then the other ones I just read was The Last Barbarians. Also an image title. It's it's female warriors. And so when I saw the cover art for this, I was sold. And it's very, very well done. The interior is just as beautiful as the exterior art. And Zach, you were saying earlier that you'll 
you'll read a story if the writing's good and the art necessarily mm -hmm. isn't. Yeah. I'm kind of the opposite. If the art's really great and the writing isn't, I'll just kind of fill it in for myself in my head. And that's kind of how I feel about this one. The art carries <laughs> that book. You'll just make the story up kind of. How it fits <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll just pencil in my own stuff. That's the last barbarian in the book. I'm looking at Brian Haberlin. He, he wrote The Marked, right? Yes, which I think mm -hmm. got optioned a long time ago, but I yeah. think that one's going to be coming soon too. That's a good one. I like the mark. That was a good series. Yeah, it was pretty decent. Yeah, but it awesome. didn't really go anywhere, and they kind of ended it. I don't really know what happened there. Yeah, it was like ten issues, maybe. Something yeah, like that. Cool concept. Yeah, the yeah. Tattoos with the magic, like mm -hmm. total great, great concept. Um, anything else, Laura? Mm, not off the top of my head. I mean, I've ongoing series. I've continued to read Eight Billion Genies. That was one that kind of just like catapulted Bird City to the front line, and so I'm very appreciative of that series and those writers. Uh, and it's a fun story too. Have you guys read that one? Yeah, I didn't. You know what? I didn't pick it up when it first came out because I was just like, ah, it's like interesting, but not really my cup of tea. But then I got into it. I think after like issue three, and I was able to still find like at the time like first prints and but it's a great series it's definitely very interesting in how it progresses throughout the years like every couple issues is so far along in the story and yeah yeah it's it's a fun premise i'm curious to see what they do with that on amazon and then i went back and reread issue one of something is killing the children because everybody was just talking about it and i'm like i want to go back and reread that because <laughs> yeah. so i'm curious who they, they everybody's trying to figure out who erica slaughter is going to be and who they're going to cast her as and i want to know who they're going to cast james as that's the one that I keep on going, okay, I'm trying to picture it in my head and I just, I can't figure that one out. So I went back and reread that. I James, was reading which, House of Slaughter, but I lost interest. Who was James? The boy? Yeah. The, the one boy, the one who, yeah, the first one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Zach and I came out with ideas last week of who would be Erica. Steven um, Yeun. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, I said Anna Taylor-Joy. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good okay. one. Right? She's got the big eyes. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Blonde, skinny, like totally could see her as Erica. Um, our friend Gabe said the girl who played in Kick Ass, who plays Yeah. Um, Chloe uh Chloe, yeah, Chloe Minoint, Chloe something. God no, Chloe, you're thinking of the chick girl from uh, Agents of Shield, Chloe. Uh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. We were just talking about her last week, dude. Chloe Moretz. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. She plays yes. Hit Girl. Moretz. Moretz, yes. Moretz. Okay. She was in um, The Fifth Wave, too. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Who would you Who would you want to see as a fan casting? I don't know. I, I almost feel like it needs to be a nobody. Somebody that we don't That's recognize. Yeah, and see, see what they can do with it. Mm -hmm. um, have you guys yeah. been watching The Last of Us? I haven't started because I've already played the game. So I like, what? I know what's happening. No, no, no. It's fine. I played the game. Like I know the story. It's fine. No, I know. But I I knew you were dragging ass on watching that show. I'm going to wait till it's I, over. So I could just binge it all in like one weekend. Okay. What were you going to say, no Laura, to about it? Oh, sorry. I'm looking it up right now. Who's the chick that plays Ellie? What's her name? Oh, man. Bella Ramsey. Okay. Yeah. Bella Ramsey. So I, I like that. Even though she's, I know she was in Game of Thrones. I know that she's in um, his Dark Materials, but she wasn't like super, super well known. So find somebody either that is completely a no name or somebody that I don't immediately recognize, and I have to sit there and go, "Who? Where do I know her from?" You know? Yeah. Who was Bella Ramsey in Game of Thrones? 
Lady she Mormon. was that badass. Oh God, what was her name? She was one of the ladies of the North. Yeah, who ends uh, up Lady Mormon. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mormon. Little she girl, was yeah. the little Mormon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she yeah. was such a yeah. badass. Actually, now that I'm thinking, since we haven't seen her in a while, the chick who played Arya Stark as uh erica erica yeah, throw some blonde on her she was pretty badass mm-hmm. by the end of like the series yeah oh yeah man i'm telling you i'm looking at a picture of anna taylor joy though and like <laughs> now i got it now i got it's look. like perfect <laughs> i mean it's literally like perfect queen's gambit like magic from new mutants like a everything anya anya i keep saying anya. Anna. I think it's anya. the queen's gambit was phenomenal she did such a good job in that i could see that she has the right eyes for it like those big creepy eyes almost blonde about, hair to throw a mask on her she, what if we what about dakota fanning mm, she was good in what was that movie eight, eight. that's what's called the train uh-huh. where the, there's a train crash she was good in that maybe she's she's almost too like innocent to me we need something a little bit edgier. Yeah. You're, you're getting warmer, though. Yeah. Paris Hilton. Oh, we're just going <laughs> off on it. I'm just going off characters. with like blonde people. Yeah, no. No. No, it's tough, though. I mean, that's like it. I mean, uh, think about can you, on the, off the top of your head, can you come up with like unknown actors or actresses who were cast and just like nailed it? Because I can, I mean, Hugh Jackman is probably like the best in my opinion, like, okay, no one knew who the hell he was and boom, crushed it. But wasn't Chris Pratt like that? Nobody knew who he was and he just ended up in community and took off Parks from and there. Rack and then, yeah. Parks and Rec, that's what I mean. Yeah, he was in Parks and Rec. He was in the OC for a little while. Um, really? Yeah, season four. I, 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 don't, I didn't get to season four, Zach, but you did? You oh, I'm a OC? big OC fan. I'll admit it right now. I have a massive guilty pleasure. And it is a guilty pleasure. <laughs> It is wow, I would not have guessed that. I'm an onion, you know. There's a lot to me. You know, <laughs> I have no idea. Uh my, my wife gets she's like, Oh my god, are you watching the so my wife watches supernatural like all the time? Like that's what she'll put on and it'll be in the background or whatever, and she'll be like working or doing whatever. And uh that's what I and I'll be I'll have like the OC on. She's like, Are you watching the OC again? I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Wow. Okay. The things learn you learn on this podcast, folks. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, for myself, what am I currently reading? Let me tell you real quick. This was an absolute terrible week of books. Other than, I mean, you took Hidden Empire, so you can have that one. That's fine. But for me, man, <laughs> I I have a lot of hot garbage this week. I'm not Ooh, gonna lie. Let's hear a it. lot of hot garbage. So, to be honest, I'm happy Mando's done because, of yeah. course, it was season one. It was just I wasn't even know, just, reading it. Yeah, I kind of just like I. I literally blew through it i i just didn't really read because i you've watched the tv series so it's literally verbatim a lot of stuff is verbatim so i'm happy that's over so it's kind of hot garbage um of course my girl spider gwen shadow clones number one uh i love the art uh kai zama zama is the artist great artist the writing is just the writing's good it's just the storyline is stupid you know like we just had gwenverse so it was the whole storyline was there's different versions of gwen that take on the marvel universe characters now we have this storyline uh, with some character who basically has her husband killed and i guess is basically going against spider gwen so she creates clones of different spider-man villains and in this first one we have doc ock so it's like spider ock or whatever and then in the next issue we're going to be having um sandman i just think it's just 
wasted on like a good character and especially someone that hopefully we'll see in live action at some point you know we talk about this with miles has ongoing series but like with gwen like she's only had two ongoing series and now they do these mini series and especially to go back to back with these clones it's just it's just a way to ruin the character i feel like so really not a big fan of the clone saga Um, ruin it how like it's diluting it i mean you take a character like her and we just came out of you know she was big in the spider-verse series she was a big character part of like the web warrior story uh story um series web warriors what was like her and peter porker and spider and like other different spider characters and then you have then you finally come out with like a new mini series for her and it's it's clones of her there's like a wolverine one there was like a cap a thor an iron man and you're like okay i can deal with this right that's fine (laughs) i could swallow it for five issues and i'm a huge spider gwen fan and then you're like, all right, we're going to do a follow-up. But it's not really like a follow-up. It's more of you know a brand new series. And you're just rehashing it, making it clones of Gwen, but they're Spider-Man villains. So again, there's going to be a Vulture version. There's going to be Kraven, Rhino. She's on her own Earth. She has her own villains. She could have her own storyline. She bounces back and forth between Earth-65 and the 616 universe. So you can't come up with a good storyline. Like, really? <laughs> I hear you. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, I really was I really wanted this series to be good and I'm hoping it gets good, but the Riddler Year One, written by Paul Dano, who played the Riddler. Um, I don't know, I'm not feeling it. It's in that universe, it's in the Matt Reeves universe. It's obviously way before the Batman, but I don't know, it just didn't really it didn't really click for me. Is it like an origin, like his origin kind of? Yeah, it's kind of like very beginnings. Um, okay. He kind of has this like compulsiveness to him. Like obviously, and I and I feel like, all right, fine. Like if it's going to be, I think it's going to be four issues. If it grows into where now we know like where he first, you know, we first meet him in the Batman. Okay. But at this point, I, I really wasn't like, didn't really get me. Right. And Paul Dano's not a writer. He's, you know, he's an actor. So for him to write this, I feel like he, it's taking on a little bit too much. Is that his first time writing? Comic book? Yeah. I have no mm. idea. Yeah. Hmm. But, I mean, it's brave. It's ballsy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's great to be able to really character. do the character, right? Like, yeah. you, you portrayed the character in the movie, and now you want to write an origin for him, and DC's allowing it. And I'm sure it's a little bit got to get approved, like by Matt Reeves, because some of the stuff will be in his universe the century had a good origin story this uh, circle back to that that was, a good <laughs> that was a really good origin that was one of those ones where you're just like you can't figure out what's happening the whole time yeah yeah the century the century's a good character it's a good, it's a good character i don't i, I I don't know why we're, we're yeah now we're back on the century and it's like uh, I'm, wor- I'm worried though like Marvel has the history of being one and done and you know you bring him out as a villain and then are we gonna is that the last we're gonna see him because like you said I mean there's a lot of meat on the bones of the century for good storytelling um, with like the void and all that and mm. so I don't know kind of nerve wracking a little bit. I'll put him in the cosmic universe then. Yeah. Hey, Sorry, so, didn't go off on a tangent there, but you were talking about origins, and that's like yeah, my no, no. We like, believe me, there's times where we go way off course on our. 
we yeah. we did a we did a uh <laughs> when we did our ant-man review we were talking lincoln park right we oh yeah i was talking about lincoln park for whatever reason um, <laughs> oh, i used to love lincoln park i haven't seen ant-man still and i have to say i just don't care that i haven't seen it it's fine i'll see it when it's available in my house <laughs> yeah yeah it's probably not a big deal i mean you can probably wait for sure definitely so laura again we appreciate you coming on here on the podcast getting to learn all about you on uh, on our first guest for women's history month um you do have some upcoming variants coming out for bird city, bird city. why don't you talk about those well, World Tree was the one that we just launched this last week. We are running really low on that, like under 20 copies left of that book. And that's not me trying to sell it. That's the truth. That one's almost done. Uh, that has a lot of potential, too. I mean, if James comes out with this series that does amazing, I could see some more of his his stories being picked up. And he actually said, quote, that this is the most brutal and horrifying piece that he's put out, which says something when you look at his past stuff so we'll see what happens with that and that just came out and then tomorrow we have street fighter masters cami number one um anthony and i are a little bit nervous about that because we've never worked with udon entertainment before we've never done any of the street fighter covers so this is a first for us from what i understand there's like this massive cult following mm -hmm. with those titles though oh yeah yeah it's uh, yeah yeah I'm new to it. I'm definitely new. So we're crossing our fingers, hoping that that book gets shared around enough that people know that we're doing it. And we're also doing a swimsuits issue too for Street Fighters. That'll be coming up relatively soon. That'll sell. Uh, then, yeah, we have a Usagi TMNT coming out next week. Dark Ride number six is coming out next week. We have a lot coming up. We have a lot of stuff. So I was actually just on the website and the world tree is actually sold out. Yeah. According to oh, the website. Shit. See, I wasn't lying then. I told you guys <laughs> we were running low on that. I just haven't checked recently. So well, there you go. So yeah, congratulations. Sold out. Like the Anna Macario. Like yeah, it's great. I, I think she's a great artist. So um and the Street Fighter stuff is perfect too. You know, when you posted the the teaser, I knew exactly who it was. Um, big fan of Cami. Uh I think and the video game people, they they definitely flock to these characters. So I know they they are doing the the dark stalker dark stalkers Felicia, so I know that's like an upcoming one. That's again same thing like video game related. So maybe look into doing a variant, or if maybe you are doing a variant for that, we might be. I don't know. Character. It hasn't said anything yet. Look into that. She's a great character. One of my favorite dark stalkers. So. Will do. But uh, before we get out of here, let everybody know where they can find you. So I'm at Mrs. Bird City, or you can just follow Bird City. I kind of bounce back and forth between both profiles. And then, of course, on Nearing Nirvana, we go live every Tuesday and Friday at roughly 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. If Lords of the Longbox doesn't run late, which happens a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, that's where we're at. And then throughout the week, Nearing Nirvana also has Team Nerd Herd, who recently joined the channel. They do cover lovers on Wednesdays or wait, maybe Mondays. I don't even know my own schedule. And then long story short, which does like ghost and banger type books goes live on Thursdays. So every day we have something. So check out the channel. We're also on Instagram at nearing Nirvana. Nice. That was a lot. Huh? Sorry. No, it's good. They got to, they got to find you. People's got to yeah. find you. Yeah. We'll have it all and in the description as well. Support women guys. There, there are a lot of women out there that are so incredibly talented. We have, yeah. we just covered Deconic on one of the shows recently. She was the one who created Captain Marvel. 
really interesting lady. We definitely like to get female artists out there. You got Tula Lote, you got Jenny Frizen, you have Trish Forstner, who's done several of our covers, a lot of really talented women. So give them some love, follow them on Instagram and support their projects. Yeah, definitely follow the ladies over there at Dear Nirvana. They definitely have a wealth of knowledge. And, <laughs> uh, they could put a lot of us to shame. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. That's that's good to hear. But don't put us to shame, please. I'm not promising <laughs> anything. You guys have yet to come on near Nirvana. Uh, so. Hey, there's the invite, no folks. If you don't see Zach or I. No one's next... creeped into my DMs and asked me. I will let Lucy know that I demand it. We we like to have like if you guys are okay with us busting your balls a little bit. Like we had pressable defects oh, on and we played like games with them and it was so much fun because they are some of my favorite people. They're just fun to like mess with and you guys oh, yeah. seem like that's Jay's one of the best people to fuck with. Oh sure. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> us East Coast people. The New York, New Jersey people. Yeah, we're good. No, those are our guys too. Yeah, they're good dudes. Yeah, they really are. So there you go. You guys heard it too. You guys agreed to be on Nearing Nirvana, and I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make yeah. it a game night. We'll do some <laughs> trivia, maybe some Pictionary. Oh man, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Zach, closing yes. words. Real shout. Uh, shout out real quick to. Uh, I'm not gonna give his whole government name here, but Scott hit me up on uh, Instagram. We we talked about being in San Antonio not too long ago, and how I wasn't able to cruise through shops and. Scott went out there, said he went to a shop called Gotham Newsstand Comic Shop, and it was pretty cool. Said he had a lot of back issues sorting through. He was able to pick up some pretty cool stuff. And weirdly enough, he said he was also out there, and he took a blacksmithing class and (laughs) made two knives from a horseshoe. And he said it was a lot of fun. So if you guys are interested in learning how to become a blacksmith, you know, look into that. He said it was really fun. But yeah, no, shout out to Scott for hitting me up and uh, giving us some good information on good shops in the San Antonio area. Awesome. All right. Uh, for myself uh, and also Bird City Comics is also on Whatnot. So make sure you follow Bird City Comics. Oh, yeah. Whatnot. They got some, uh, some fun shows. And Twitter. Oh, TikTok. Ooh. All and over eBay. the place. Yes. For everyone. Bird City is all over the place. Make sure you follow them. Uh, for myself, of course, uh, I have some upcoming whatnot shows. You know where you can find me. Actually, this weekend, I'm doing a Transformers show. And then uh, Monday night, I have another show with a bunch of people with Comic Enterprises, Comic Dunes, uh, Wanted Comics is on. A, we got like a four or five issue, a four or five guy lineup for Monday. So make sure you're checking us all out. And then, of course, this upcoming month in literally less than four weeks, King Kong number four is March 25th, March 26th. You're going to see me vending over there uh, in Island, New Jersey at the APA Hotel. You can find them on Instagram. You can also buy tickets right now for King Kong fourth show. So that's it for all of us here at the Comic-Con podcast. We will catch you all next week. Peace out.